everyone. Welcome to Birth to Motherhood. I'm your host, Victoria, and this is a podcast where I invite mothers to come on and share their unique birth stories. Whether it's a traditional hospital birth or a serene home birth, I believe these stories can be a source of healing and inspiration for many. So without any more delay, let's get started. This is Birth to Motherhood. Welcome to the show. Today, I am here with Michelle. Michelle, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes, I would love to. Um, yeah, thank you. That was that was an amazing intro. Sweet, <laughs> simple, to the point. I love it. I love it. Yeah, like, like you said, my name is Michelle. I am mom to four children. Um, they are all under the age of five. Um, I had births one right after another. And I am a gigantic birth junkie. Like, I told my husband today, like, I could just talk about birth forever. It's the, mm-hmm. like the one thing that I cannot shut up about. Like it's changed yep. my life. And, you know, there's just so many different things about birth that, that are just like, they, they get me on fire. Like, yes, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so I'm very Great. excited to be here tonight talking to you, sharing my stories and just, you know, contributing to the community of stories because I very mm-hmm. strongly believe um, that as women, our stories are important, our stories matter, and our stories help to build community and sisterhood with one another. So, yep. Thank you yep. for having Completely. me. Completely. Of course. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> All right. Uh, where are you from? So, I'm originally from Tucson, Arizona. And okay. when I was halfway through my fourth pregnancy, we made the wild decision um, to uproot and move to North Carolina. So now we reside mm-hmm. in the coastal city of Wilmington, and I am absolutely okay. in love with it. It's it's oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's great. How was moving with you being? You were you pregnant? Yeah. So I was. Um, I think I was. I hadn't entered the third trimester yet, but I was really, really close. Mm-hmm. So like tail end of second trimester, and honestly, like it was a really good move. Like, nice. I mean, moving is stressful and the weeks leading up to the move was very, very stressful, but the actual move is what we needed. Um, mm. The place that we were in, you know, it's it's the desert and I grew up there. I didn't really know anything mm-hmm. else, but um, we really felt called to move out to North Carolina because they have great homeschooling laws. And it just seemed like yeah. there would be more opportunity for us as a young family because we didn't have a lot of... Um, like the place we were from, it's it just didn't feel like a good place to raise kids. It didn't feel um, loving. It didn't feel like we had good community there. Like we really needed something mm-hmm. to put our roots down. And we really, we visited North Carolina, fell in love with it. And two months later, we're like, okay, let's just move there. So we packed nice. up and left, like literally with the clothes on our back. Um, and yeah. it was it was a very good decision. Um, I have always. I hate to say this now because I don't want to continue having this self-fulfilling prophecy, but in the past I had very rough pregnancies and okay. um, the last pregnancy that I experienced with my daughter was very um, heavy in some ways. Like I was having like panic attacks every single night, like waking mm-hmm. up, my heart was racing, felt like I couldn't breathe. And the moment, like the day we moved from Tucson, like I felt complete peace. And our first night in North Carolina, like I slept so good. And it was like, my body was just craving greenery and peace. And it was just like from the city to, you know, quiet town. It was, it was amazing. Mm -hmm. So it was a good move. (laughs) That's awesome. Wow. How, how interesting that like, as soon as you moved your, your body, your spirit, it just knew like, we're good. We're safe. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild Damn. to me. Yeah, that is so fascinating. Huh. 
All right. Do you want to get into your your first birth story then? Oh. We'll start from the beginning. Let's dive in. <laughs> Where do I begin? So um, <laughs> my husband and I, we we met, we got married very quickly. Like we just knew, you know, we met and six months later, we got married. Five months after yep. the wedding, we found out we were pregnant. And oh. we were like, okay, well, we've never done this before. So I guess we're going to do what everyone else does. You know, we're going to go to the doctor. I was trying to be more conscious. I was like, well, I'm going to go to the midwives. <laughs> no OBGYN for me. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> which was like, it was a good start for me. You know, I have a lot of grace for myself because I didn't know better. Um, so yeah. I went to this very medicalized midwife center and, you know, was told, oh, you can give birth in the birth center. It's just like being at home. Like we have tubs and beds. And I was like, oh, sign me up. This sounds great. Um, <laughs> and it was it was a pretty typical pregnancy. I'd have checkups every every month or so. And, you know, they did all the the different tests and um, just like I, I just I felt so invaded. My body felt invaded. I, and I I would constantly say to myself, like, this baby was conceived in such an intimate moment, but now that I'm pregnant, my body doesn't belong to me anymore. And I like, I really hate that I thought that. I, I hate that I mm -hmm. thought I had to do this stuff and that it was suddenly mm -hmm. someone else's business, what was going on with my body and with my baby. Um, but I didn't know any better, you know? So yeah. halfway through my pregnancy with my first son, I went in for the anatomy ultrasound and we were going to find out, you know, the gender too. My husband had to work that day. Um, so I went in by myself and um, halfway through the exam or halfway through the, the, the scan, the ultrasound technician just stopped, you know, and like, you can tell they have that look on their face that like there's something. Mm -hmm. And I was like freaking out. Like, uh, and she called the doctor in and the doctor came and looked at something and she, she said that there was something wrong with my placenta, like it was curled up at the ends. And so that could mean, basically the way she put it to me is she looked at me and she said this, and this could mean your baby could die. And then she smiled and like, she dropped this bombshell on me. And I was like, I was in shock and it, like, I didn't know what to say. So I finally just said, so what kind of signs should I look for? And she was like, well, just look for bleeding. And it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> And like, and then she left, she just left the room. Like there was no like patting me on the hand. Like, I'm there sorry. Was nothing. Yeah. like there was nothing, nothing. And, and I was just in complete shock. And oh. I could tell the ultrasound technician felt really bad. And she was like really sympathetic towards me. And, and I left and I just sobbed all the way home. Like thinking my baby's gonna yeah. die. Like why even plan a baby shower? Cause my baby's gonna yeah. die, like all this stuff. And, and it was, I, I felt devastated. And when I went in for my checkup with the midwives, they were like, well, you know, if this was really an emergency, then, she, you know, we would have had this stuff faster. We'll just keep an eye on it. And we're going to do monthly ultrasounds just to make sure. And, and I remember thinking at that point, like we talked to them and we're like, so what can we actually do? And they're like, well, there's nothing we can do. We just have to monitor. And if baby isn't growing, then we can talk about induction because maybe he'll be better out of the womb than inside. It was kind of like, so you're telling me I have this thing that is potentially dangerous and mm -hmm. you can't do anything about it. So you're just going to sit around and watch and see what happens. And mm -hmm. they're like, yeah. And they said, and you, you know, because of this, you risk out of the birth center. And I was like, I was so upset. I was like, I have to give birth in the hospital. Oh, I've never no. liked hospitals. My dad had cancer no. when I was a child and we would visit him in the hospital. It just, to me, mm -hmm. hospitals signify death. They signify yeah. illness mm -hmm. and like the opposite of health. And so already mm -hmm. I was like feeling like kind of my dreams were crumbling, you know, because here I was, I wanted to meet my baby. I was so excited first mm -hmm. my mom. And then like everything is just taken away from me. And mm -hmm. I just felt really out of control. Um, and, you know, when it came time to give birth, oh, I have to talk about this too. So I was due um, the end of February. And so on my 40 week due date, I went in for an exam and I told the midwife, I, I looked at her and said, I do not want you to strip my membranes, please do not. And she's like, okay, that's fine. Can I do a vaginal exam and just see where your cervix is? And I was like, that's fine. She gave me a membrane strip. After I did. <laughs> and I didn't mm -hmm. understand what it was until I was mm -hmm. actually pregnant with my second son. And I just thought it was like a really rough exam. And I started bleeding and having contractions. And I was like, well, I guess I went into labor. Ha <laughs> ha. And uh -huh. <laughs> so, 
you know, and just when I think about that, it's like, it's just so, it just gives me the ick. Like, uh, I can't believe that, mm-hmm. like, I didn't know any better, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I can't really blame myself because I, I didn't. You didn't know. So, yeah. um, so I went into labor and after 72 hours of labor and like, I would go into the hospital, they sent me home, I go in, they sent me home. Finally, they kept me. Finally, I was dilated enough. Um, but I was strapped to beds and I had like an IV in my arm. They'd given me like, I didn't want an epidural, but I was really tired. So like, why don't we give you some kind of pain medication? So they gave me a shot of fentanyl. And of course the fentanyl messed with my son's heart rate. So they're like, we have to monitor mm-hmm. you now. Like you cannot get up without this monitor, like all this stuff. And I just, I just, I just felt so helpless. Like, okay, this is just mm-hmm. happening to me. And at the time, I thought that I was doing a really good job of having a natural labor. I was like, well, I'm giving birth vaginally and I'm not getting an epidural and all this stuff. And um, and there were just people coming in and out and like fingers up my vagina, like all this stuff. And like I gave birth on my back. Like I was just so tired and I wound up getting mm-hmm. birth on my back because I just had no strength to squat anymore. And I had terrible back mm-hmm. pain. And, you know, mm-hmm. so I just like, like whatever, guys. And I had a second degree tear. They stitched me up, like all this stuff. And then it was like, oh, I did it. I had a baby. And I remember, oh my gosh, I'm actually going to cry at this. I remember they handed me my son for the first time and I didn't feel anything. I just was like, what? What is this? Like, this is the baby that I've carried for nine months. They're placing him on my chest and I just don't feel a connection. And mm-hmm. like, it did come eventually. But it was just, it was like, I think my body was just so tired. And it's so much shock from everything I'd been through, even though it was like a natural birth, that I just felt so mm-hmm. disconnected from that. We were whisked away to like the postpartum recovery ward. And of course, like that was a nightmare. Like I had people coming in at all hours, like just touching me without consent, pulling down my pants and like pushing on my stomach and doing fundal massage and just like pushing on my stomach to see how my bleeding was doing. My son uh, didn't want to breastfeed right away. And so the nurses would come in and be like, you need to be pumping. You need to be pumping. You need to be pumping. You need to try and breastfeed. And I was so overwhelmed and stressed that I I wasn't really producing anything. Um, Mm -hmm. And they said, if you want donor milk, then you need to be pumping every two hours. And I was like, I've never pumped before in my life. I've never breastfed. Like, (laughs) it was just like throwing all this stuff at me and just 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 all this stuff. And then my son had um, just a little bit of bilirubin you know, which is very normal for babies. And they were yeah. like, oh, mm-hmm. you guys can't leave until his Billy Ruben levels are down. And you guys have to be mm-hmm. under this UV light and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, there's a picture. There's a picture that my friend took of me. I, they wouldn't let me hold my son. I was in the same room, but they put him under the UV lights. They wouldn't let me hold him. And I started sobbing. And she said, I just want to hold my baby. I just want to hold my baby. And I had mm-hmm. a friend there who, like, saw that. And she stepped in and she said to the nurse, like, can we put the baby on mom and then bring the UV mm-hmm. light over? And she's like, yeah, we can do that. And it was like, oh my gosh. So after that whole nightmare, we went home. Um, I had, I I feel like I had undiagnosed postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. I'd also been given a shot of Pitocin after to birth the placenta. I didn't understand the risks of Pitocin. I actually bled a lot. Um, during my six week postpartum period. And I thought it was normal. Like it was a very heavy flow. I was very nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just like, it's just the whole thing was a shock to me. Um, mm-hmm. But I thought, well, this is this is birth. This is motherhood. It's just a shock, you know, and, and, and I'll rise to the occasion. And, and I did. But that first year was was very dark for me. I, I was exhausted. I had no faith in myself. I felt like I wasn't a good mother. Um, just all these things. And my son was very anxious because I firmly believe that babies, they pick up on our emotions in the womb and the way they're born leaves an imprint on them. And yep. he was just born in a very anxious, um, in a very anxious manner. And like, I, I see that in him. And that's something that I'm, that I am working on with him right now, but it, it definitely left a mark on him. Um, so after that, like, I knew that we still wanted more children, like somehow, I still had this, this, this desire in my heart that was like, okay, it wasn't that bad. (laughs) You know, I could go through this again Mm -hmm. because, you know, having kids and having children, there's just something that calls me. And um, Mm -hmm. so right around uh, my son was like six or seven months. We 
um, got pregnant again. We're like, okay, all right. Well, I know my way around this. So, you know, I'll be able to, to, to navigate this better and be able to know my rights and all that. Um, and then halfway through the pregnancy, COVID hit. And we started having, um, you know, all these regulations come in and people were saying like, you have to wear a mask in the hospital when you give birth and like all this stuff. And I was like, I'm sorry, I would much rather give birth on my own than wear a mask in the hospital. And I wish uh-huh. that I had like pressed into that because like, I, I, I didn't know yet that I could give birth on my own. So we went <laughs> to private midwife to do a home birth. I didn't do my research on her. And again, there was this, this feeling of like, I have to do certain things. And she was like, she was better than like hospital midwives. She didn't force anything on me. She was like, you don't have to do the strep B. We don't have to do any vaginal exams, like all this stuff. I was like, oh, okay. That's, that's okay. That's chill. Cool. (laughs) Um, I just didn't really get a good vibe about her though. We didn't really connect. Um, Mm -hmm. and we had hired her towards the tail end of my pregnancy. And I was just like, I I really wanted like that kind of motherly figure to be there for me and Mm -hmm. to walk me through it. But I didn't really feel that from her. It was very medicalized. And and that's when I learned about the membrane stripping. Like I had told her, Hey, I want to do a vaginal exam so that I can kind of, so I can know how close I am to being in labor, like LOL. And I told her about my previous experience um, and just told her, you know, can you just be really gentle? Because last time she did it, it put me in labor. And she was like, oh, honey, that sounds like a membrane strip. And I was like, holy cow. Okay. <laughs> and just having to process that. And I was like, uh, okay. All right. Um, so when my, so when I went into labor with my second baby, it was a very fast labor, like completely different from, from the first one. And second babies usually are. Um, and I remember when he, like, he came very suddenly, like maybe 12 hours of labor. And then all of a sudden I hit transition. The midwife came and 45 minutes later, like the baby was crowding. And I just, I just remember feeling like this fear of like, oh no, the baby's coming. What do I do? And I screamed, the baby's crowding. And she's like, lay down on the bed push the baby out, you know, like this whole, and of course I did it. Cause I was like, Oh, the midwife's going to save me. Like she knows what to do. Like, mm-hmm. this is, this is a scary situation, you know? And, and once again, someone else touched my baby first and brought the baby up to my chest. And I remember this feeling of, I just, I just don't feel anything to, is this mm-hmm. normal? And it took, it took weeks for me to feel bonded to my baby. It took weeks and it was weird because it wasn't even like a highly medicalized thing. It was, it was simply someone being there and projecting that like authority onto me that made me feel like, well, it's your job to deliver the baby. It's your job to catch the baby and hand it to me. Like, I don't do anything. I don't know what I'm doing. You are the expert. And Mm -hmm. once again, I had postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety and I didn't, I didn't understand it. I just thought, well, that's just, that's just postpartum. It just sucks, you know? Um, so that was, that was the beginning of, of, of that. And the following spring, um, was that the following spring? So my son was born July of 2020. And then in spring of 2021, we found out that I was pregnant with my daughter and it was like, okay, this is <laughs> all right, here we go again. Round three. <laughs> I was like, I do not want to birth in the hospital. I do not want to hire that midwife again. I guess we'll go with another midwife. So we talked to and, and at first had hired someone that had come recommended by all my home birth friends. They're like, oh, she's amazing. But with COVID, like she'd become a very different person. You know, she in the past, she'd been very crunchy, very hands off. All of a sudden she's like, you need to wear a mask. You're going to have to wear a mask in your house. You know, you need to get the vaccine. You need to be vaccinating your kids. If you don't social distance, then I'm going to have to do Zoom calls with you because you pose a threat to me. She said that to me, that because I didn't social distance, that I was um, a, a threat to her. So I would have to do all, I would take all my measurements and I would give it to her over Zoom. And that was the okay. moment that something in my brain went boop, like, okay, hold up, hold up. This is my third time being pregnant and giving birth. And so far, nothing bad has happened. The baby comes, whether someone's there or not. Do I really mm-hmm. need a midwife? 
because I don't want to mm -hmm. be spending money on someone that I'm not comfortable with, someone that has me to do all the work, but I'm paying her for No. Mm -hmm. And I, like in that moment, I had, I, I, I felt like I was at a crossroads. I was like, I can either continue with this and just bite the bullet and be uncomfortable, but do this because this is what's normal and expected of me. Or I can just completely go rogue and do mm -hmm. this thing that I've never heard of before. Like I literally Googled is free birth legal. Like I had, I had no idea. I didn't even have a name for it. I like Google. I think I had Googled, um, can I give birth to my baby without a midwife? And all these uh, like, things. I didn't say it. I had to Google it. Yep, same. <laughs> of course, you know, all these articles pop up like it's perfectly legal, but it's definitely not safe. And I was like, and since COVID <laughs> happened, I was really questioning everything. And I was, I mean, I was, mm -hmm. I was pretty, pretty informed and pretty crunchy. Um, but I took my crunchiness up a whole new level during COVID. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> so I went to my husband and I said, Hey, why don't we just do this ourselves? Like we kind of know what we're doing, you know, like it's, it's not yeah. hard to have a baby. Um, and mm -hmm. he was at, like, immediately, he was just like, yeah, I don't want to be paying her. <laughs> I'm spending all this money. And I was like, Good okay. for him. <laughs> so what we wound up doing was we found a friend of a friend who was a doula and she had gone through a free birth herself. Like she'd free birthed her daughter and she oh, was willing awesome. to work with us as a doula and only as a doula. And she really mentored me through my wild pregnancy and through that free birth. Like it was a very beautiful thing. Like she was there for me. She just, she checked in on how I was feeling. You know, if I was, if I was upset about anything, if I, like, if there's anything I needed to process, she would just come over and sit and listen to me. And, and like, honestly, that was what I needed way more than mm -hmm. let's check baby's heartbeat. You know, mm -hmm. and it, it was a very, it was a very emotional pregnancy for me because it was the first daughter. Um, my hormones were like whew, all over the place. Like I was eating chocolate every day and crying. Like it was like, I felt like I was on my period for nine months. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it was, it was wild. And she just, she just walked me through that pregnancy and just reassured me at every step. And she didn't tell me what to do. You know, she wasn't, mm -hmm. she didn't come in and as like this authority figure of like, well, you should be doing this. Um, mm -hmm. she just like very lovingly would lead me and she would allow me to come to my own conclusions. She would give like, well, if I was in this situation, here's what I might do, but I'm going to leave it up to you. And it was just a very gentle way of helping me gain confidence in myself and realize like, I don't need permission to do or not do certain things in my pregnancy. I don't need permission to birth at home. Like I, and, and mm -hmm. I remember her asking me. She was like, what is your dream birth, Michelle? And I was like, I don't know. No one has ever asked me that before. Like, I literally did not know because I was so conditioned to be a good girl. Just, you know, mm -hmm. I, I always used to tell the midwives, like, I'm such an easy mom in labor. Like, I'll just do whatever you need. I'm like, what was wrong with me? Like, if someone said that to me, I'd be like, hold up, girl. This is about you. Like... It doesn't matter what I want mm -hmm. or what works for me. Like you're the one pushing a baby out of your vagina. So I, yep. I would say that we're going to defer to you on this one, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so she really got me to thinking about like, what do I want for my birth? And I told her like, I want mm -hmm. twinkly lights and I want soft music playing and, and I want, you know, I want a water birth. And um, it was, it was a very long labor. I mean, it was probably like, 24-ish. I think I went into labor like the day before, but it really kicked in the last 24 hours. Um, and it was just very emotional. At one point, labor had stalled and like there was nothing for like hours. And then all of a sudden, like it like hit me the last hour of labor. And then she, you know, she just flew out. <laughs> I was like, oh, and, Hello. She, and, and it was, <laughs> and I, it was really different and very telling because my daughter was born in the water and when the, the doula could tell that I was, that I was bearing down to push, um, she stepped back and she told my husband, I want you to go over and hold Michelle's hand. I want you to do, hold her hand like this, rub her back like that and just be there for her. And she mm -hmm. recorded me giving birth to my daughter 
And I had never had anyone do that. And I pushed my daughter out and I looked down and I grabbed her out of the water and I brought her up to my chest. And immediately it was like, oh, this is my baby. This is my baby. And I just, I, I, I was so like overjoyed and shocked and relieved all at once. And like, I just felt that instant, like, oh, this is my baby. And mm -hmm. the postpartum period with her was so different than with my boys. Like I, my dad passed away two days after my daughter was born. And so that was mm -hmm. a very, very heavy time for me because I was very close to him. Um, but despite that, I, it was like this really weird world of like, when I would step into the world of grief, like it was all encompassing. But when I would step back into my home, I just felt like this joy and this love and this little snuggly baby. And just like, I felt high for months, like just mm -hmm. like nothing I had ever felt before. And it was like, oh, what is this weird trip? <laughs> and my doula was like, those are postpartum hormones. And it, and it made me realize like the last, the first two births I had, that is not how you're supposed to give birth. Like mm -hmm. that is unnatural. And it makes sense why I didn't immediately feel that connection with my sons and why it took so long because everything was was sabotaged and with my daughter I was the first one to touch her and I didn't have people projecting fear or insecurity or anxiety on me it was like everything was going at my own pace and anytime I would I would turn to my doula to look for like saving she'd always put it back on, on me you know she's like well you could try this or you could not you know <laughs> And it was just like just very gentle and there was no like sense of urgency, anything mm -hmm. like that. And I mean, it was, it was absolutely beautiful. And we thought that we were done having kids after my daughter and I was like, okay, you know, three kids in three years, that's, that's enough. <laughs> and I, but I felt this extreme sadness looking at my daughters and being like, that was the last baby. And mm -hmm. I, I loved giving birth. I loved having her birth so much, but I'm going to do it again. But, you know, we're done. Well, surprise, five months later, we found out I'm pregnant again. And I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> and we did not find out the gender of this pregnancy. I was like, no surveillance, like nothing. I, I, mm -hmm. I went into a pregnancy clinic one time to get um, a pregnancy confirmation. So that way there wouldn't be any trouble with, with getting a birth certificate down the road. Mm -hmm. um, and so we, they did do an ultrasound. I wasn't really happy about it. I didn't really want it. I was like, eh, whatever. Um, and so we got, we got like one ultrasound of 11 weeks and that was it, like nothing else. And I was like, I don't even want to hire a doula. I just want to have this pregnancy all by myself. Um, I want it to be very peaceful and like, everything that I kind of dreamed of that I've been too afraid to do. <laughs> and it was a really chill pregnancy. You know, um, I swore it was a boy. It felt like boy energy. I had a lot of energy. I was craving meats. I felt like very like sexually voracious, you know, just like, Oh yeah, I got a lot of testosterone pump, but this is definitely a little boy. And, um, oh. And we'd even had a name picked out and we were calling him. We I, we had chosen the name Maverick. And we were talking about baby Maverick. Can't wait for baby Maverick to arrive. And the last couple weeks of pregnancy, like I just felt this sadness in my heart. Like, I don't want a little boy. I want a little girl. I, I just, I want a little girl. And I know I'm not in charge of this, but I just want a little girl. And so I went out for a walk. We were staying, um, we'd moved into a beach house. Uh, along the coast, because I told my husband I want to give birth by the ocean. I just want to open the windows and hear the waves and be able to surrender oh. to the waves. And <laughs> so, a couple of weeks before I give birth, I went out for a walk on the beach and I was just like thinking and praying and just saying, Okay, God, I really want a little girl, but obviously I don't know what I'm having. Just give me a sign. Just give me a sign that it's a girl. And we had chosen the name Scarlet if it was a girl. And I turned and looked and there was a, a young woman walking by on the beach with a bright scarlet sweater. And I was like, mm, I don't know if I trust this. <laughs> Could it just be my emotions? And I was like, well, I guess we'll find out in three weeks. So, oh my gosh. <laughs> Um, so I go home and, you know, I just kind of kept it in my mind and 
went into labor a couple days later. Um, it was like right after Christmas. So I think December 29th, I went into labor with my daughter and oop, I spoiled the surprise with the baby and um, <laughs> getting ahead of myself here. <laughs> um, it was a very fast labor. Like it was very chill. Um, I had slept all day the day before and I'd like thrown up everything the day before and felt horrible, felt flushed like I had a fever. And then the next day I just felt super chill and like calm, like calm. And I started having contractions and it was like no biggie. You know, I was having contractions every five to seven minutes all day. And I just felt really calm and at peace. And, you know, the contractions were kind of like inconsistent. I was like, well, this happened before, so we'll just wait and see. Um, and then right around midnight, like everything picked up and the weeks leading up to my labor, I would lay in bed every night and I would visualize what I wanted for my birth. And I would say to myself, I want a pleasurable birth. I want an easy birth. I want a fast birth. I want it to be a little girl and I want her to be born right before the kids wake up for breakfast. And I got all of it. I will say it wasn't completely pleasurable. <laughs> <laughs> it was intense at times, but I would say for the most part, I was more open to that. And I felt very open and soft and just, just very like feminine. And, you know, um, the, the baby just, she just, she just came so quickly. And um, when my, when I pushed her out, I had my husband catch her because I was on all fours. Like that was what felt good. And I was like, hold a towel. And so he held the towel baby came out there was a cord wrapped around her neck and she was very quiet and I just I I, I felt no fear whatsoever and I, I looked between my legs and I because I was trying to see what it was and I I screamed we have Scarlet there's no balls <laughs> and she was born asleep like then everything was so chill and so my husband unwrapped the cord and handed her to me and she was like breathing and she was perfectly fine she was just really quiet and then after a couple minutes you know, she had this little cry. It's like, oh, it's so cute. And it was absolutely perfect. Like, she was born right before the kids woke up, like maybe an hour before. And they woke up and they came and saw their baby sister. And then they went out for breakfast. And it was like everything I dreamed of. And uh, once again, there was that flood of postpartum hormones that I just felt in love with my baby. And like I was floating on clouds and just high and happy all the time and like kissing my children and just like, oh, I love being a mom so much. And that is, that is my story, you know? And I just want other women to know that you can have the, the birth that you want. You don't have to abide by someone else's rules. If that doesn't feel right for you, listen to your gut because your mm -hmm. intuition is given to you for a reason. And just mm -hmm. because someone has studied things for years doesn't mean that they're qualified to tell you what your intuition is telling you. So mm -hmm. that's really been my story and it's a continual growth process for me. There's always, you know, ways that I find myself outsourcing my power to other people. And I'm like, wait, why am I doing that? You know, like this is, I am my own authority and I'm the authority over my children. So why do I think I need someone else coming in and telling me, that I'm doing it wrong. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. That's awesome. Aw. <laughs> I am like, I love hearing free birth stories. Like, cause like I planned one with mine, but it didn't go as I planned. Yeah. But like, I just love hearing them. Like it just brings yeah. me oh, so much happiness. Cause yeah. like, we can do that. We can birth mm -hmm. our babies by ourselves. We don't need somebody to save us. We don't need that authority. Like we are the authority. So like, oh, I love it. Oh, thank you so much. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Yeah. And I do want to say too, that as much as I love free birth and as passionate as I am about it, like I am not one of those people that goes around trying to convert people to free birth. Like, did you know about the medical yes. system? Like I, I'm... <laughs> I'm very careful about who I have those conversations with because oh, I gosh, really, yeah. I want women to know that they have a choice, but I don't want to force mm -hmm. that choice on them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. like, yeah. And, you and know, you know what? Not every woman wants like 
to be by themselves. I feel like some actually want that support of like Mm -hmm. a wise midwife. Yeah. So like it's, it is not for everybody. Right. But it is you, like you said, the choice it, I, you want them to know that they have those choices. And a lot of women don't know that they think the hospital is what they're supposed to do where they're supposed to go. Mm -hmm. And that's really sad to me. I don't like that at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's it it really is sad and 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 you're right. Like I, when I'm being honest with myself, I would have absolutely loved to have a wise woman with me during my last birth. You know, looking mm-hmm. back, like I like I I had to make do with what I had because I don't have mm-hmm. a good relationship with my family. We moved across the country to get away from them. We were in a new place, and there was no way that I felt comfortable bringing somebody into my home. Um, that I barely knew and saying, Hey, I'm doing a free birth, <laughs> you down, you know? And, and so I, I absolutely get that because I am mm-hmm. something that I have mourned, like it, amidst the joy of being able to bring my daughters into the world the way I want, there's still that, that grief of, I just want to be witnessed. I just want other women to see that and to, mm-hmm. to acknowledge that. Because when I told my mom and my sister, they're just like, Oh, okay. There was just no, like, tell me the story. Oh, my gosh, that's so amazing. There was no excitement. It was just like, oh, okay. Oh, that's such a cute baby. You know, and it, there was that that hurt of, like, do you not want to hear my story? You know? Like, mm-hmm. and, and just wanting to be with So I 100% get that feeling of, of wanting someone to be there for you. It's not so much, like, you need to save me. It's more like, I just, I want it. There's moments where I feel like I might need some guidance, maybe need some reassurance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want you to witness me, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Were you, um, uh, with your first son, were you actually eventually able to breastfeed? Yes, I was. Um, it was very painful in the beginning, but I stuck with it. Um, he had a tongue tie. And that was oh. one of those things that somehow my intuition told me he had a tongue tie. And I told one of the nurses, and they're like, well, we have to get that diagnosed. And I was like... Your girl just okay. did it. You know? <laughs> and, and of course, they had a like chain consultant come in and say, Oh, yeah, he has a tongue tie. I'm like, I told you guys like two days ago. And yeah, um, hello. <laughs> yeah. And thankfully, I was able to breastfeed him. Um, it just was a, it was a, a, an emotional journey. And mm. it was a little, it was painful. Um, but eventually, nice. I was able to do that. Nice. And so it was completely different with your, your daughters. Oh, completely different. Like, oh, I mean, it was just, it's, it's night and day, like complete Mm -hmm. night and day. I don't know if I tore with my daughters. I had like some, when my second son was born, I had like a, I think the midwife described as lacerations and she was like, we may have to go to the hospital and get stitches. And I was like, I'd rather not. (laughs) Yeah. And she was like, well, just close your legs. Yeah. And I, so I just closed my legs for a couple days and then she looked again, she's like, Oh, it's fine. So, and this is a funny thing too. I was listening to a podcast the other day that was talking about tearing at birth. And they said that even second degree tears don't need stitches. Like you literally Mm -hmm. just put your legs together, keep everything closed. And And I was like, shocked. Like this is stuff that I wish I had known Mm -hmm. because like, about it if if our bodies like just disintegrated after giving birth like where would the human race be you know mm-hmm. and like our, our bodies are so wonderfully designed that i look at everything in birth as meant to be and like we have to stop yeah. being afraid of it and yeah i i don't think i tore with my daughters and if i did i didn't feel it like i didn't, didn't feel sore right. at all you know mm-hmm. it's 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 wild it's crazy to me i don't yeah <laughs> I definitely feel like, like, if it was severe, I feel like you definitely would have noticed. Yeah. I don't know. I only had a first. So, like, it, I didn't, down there did not bother me at all after birth. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it didn't, didn't hurt, nothing. It was my butt that hurt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, my, down there was fine. It was yeah. absolutely fine. Yeah. My was butt. it like your tailbone or, like, pardon me, was it your butt hole? No, I think it was my actual, like, the hole. Like, because oh, I just remember feeling like I had had just taken 
a giant poop. Like that's yeah. what it felt like. Oh my! God. Oh my! That is bizarre. That so is bizarre. Amazing! Wow! Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Very strange. Yeah. Yeah, but I was fine with uh-huh. the the first series. Like I, it did not bother me. I got up. It was mm. fine. Yeah. It was interesting. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it has to heal quickly. Like, I mean, we have to use yeah. the bathroom. You know, we have to like get yeah, up and move. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I'm glad it was only very minimal. No yeah. stitches. No nothing. Good. Oh. Stay away. <laughs> Yeah, stay away from that butthole. Don't pretend you did it. Let it heal. Let it do its thing. Stay away from me. Yeah. Yeah. That is how I feel. Yeah. Do you mind if I ask how your birth went and like what, how that, like Um, how that went? I, I had plans. See, like I live in New York. Mm -hmm. New York is very liberal Mm. and I, I knew I did not want a hospital birth because like after covid and all of that stuff and especially with like the vaccine the masks i was like Mm. no i'm not birthing in hospital thanks yeah so um i wanted to find a midwife but the midwife i had interviewed who was like the only one in our area um she i walked in there and like the first thing she asked me was like why do you want a home birth i said well because i don't like hospitals and she told me it wasn't a good enough reason (laughs) oh my gosh yeah i was like okay that's really weird but okay whatever um and then she also said that uh first time moms usually transfer it's second time moms that are piece of cake i was like what the heck is with this woman wow i was like since you're the only midwife around um i what do we do to hire you whatever and she's like it's gonna be nine thousand dollars insurances do not cover nine thousand you can (laughs) yeah she was like you can call your med uh your insurance if they do cover something whatever or not we can set up a payment plan whatever i'm like okay so i contacted her biller and um the biller didn't get back to me for a month and a half maybe rude and so i contacted yeah i'm like you are thinking you want to get business but whatever she did not respond to me and so i had to contact her again and then she ended up telling me that um you that we had to be the ones that contacted our insurance so my husband called and they were like no um we only cover birth centers and i was like well to me it's the same as the hospital but i guess it's i guess it's a little better because like i still had no idea yeah. that i could do it by myself sure. so i um i contacted the birth center it was like an hour away and they were like we're booked up till september and i was due in august and i was like oh my gosh what is happening oh no. so i was like, i was sitting at work and just this thought popped into my head of like can i do this by myself so i was like let me google it so i googled yeah. it google for the <laughs> that that free uh the free birth society article of when they had that whole facebook thing mm-hmm. happen yeah that was the first article that popped up and i read that and i was like Oh, okay, cool. I'm like, you know what? I really like this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, this something clicked with me, and I was just like, no, this is it. This is what I want to do. Yeah. So <laughs> I told my husband, and he's like, what the frick is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm like, no, this is what I want. This is what's going to happen, whether you like it or not. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. Thank you. So I, I think it was it was August twelfth. I went into labor, and twenty four hours goes by, and I had not felt her move mm. at all, and I got scared yeah. because like this is bad on my part. I mm. feel like I didn't prepare myself enough mm. in a way. Like I had a really shitty Doppler, so like yeah. I was oh. like I'm not using that like now and then like i didn't have i feel like anything to actually help me to see if she was okay by myself so i ended up transferring Mm -hmm. and i i got there and they (laughs) they they asked me like um 
if I had a doctor and I was like, no, I was like, I had a midwife. I fired her a week ago. <laughs> and they're like, oh, okay, fine. And then I w- didn't, I don't know if I remember what the admin person who was checking me in was saying, but she was like, like, I don't know how it came up, but she's like, um, I told her that I hadn't felt the baby move. So like, I thought something was wrong. Yeah. She's like, oh no, that happens sometimes in labor. I'm like, what? <laughs> I was like, no, no, I don't think that's true. But okay, yeah. can you just so we can see if yeah. she's good? Yeah. So they put me in the room and uh they hooked me up. She was perfectly fine. Um, what I should have done was just been like, okay, cool, she's good, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I did and I stayed because I had oh gosh, since it was like over twenty four hours, I was like I was exhausted. I yeah. was <laughs> like I was just like oh. It'll be fine. I'll just advocate for myself. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So like I pushed, I pushed her. I, I got given a cervical check and without no, your no, no asking whatsoever. The doctor just came in and was like, I'm going to check you. And he shoved his fingers inside of me. I screamed like <gasps> pain from that. And I was not expecting it. So oh like, my like, gosh. My- literally looked at me and he said the look on your face was like you've just been raped and i'm like yeah because that is what it is it hurt i'm like how dare you and then he literally was just like oh you're seven centimeters and he left the room and i'm like what was that oh my (laughs) gosh what the hell okay whatever so uh they left me alone to labor uh he came in and checked me again but then like no he came in three more times the second time he asked and i said no get away from me and then the third time he came in and checked me i don't remember this but my husband said he did and i was at 10 and that's when they're like okay you can start the pushing four hours later <laughs> my daughter comes so like i that's maybe that's why my butt hurt because yeah. i literally did the coach pushing for oh. four hours four mm. hours like <laughs> yeah so and at that point it, i had i went into labor friday she was born mm. sunday at five in the morning so yeah. it was like 31 hours total like it yeah. was long yeah. <laughs> but yeah so i guess that's mm. that's the gist of my story yeah but yeah next baby i'll be getting my free birth <laughs> yeah you know i i feel like this is where the power of storytelling comes in because we don't know these things unless someone else who's been there can communicate with us. Communicate mm-hmm. with us. And of course, Google and the entire mm-hmm. medical systems will be like, oh, yeah, you definitely need to come in. Like, you should get that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And so there's like, there's an element of like, yes, you are definitely taking responsibility for yourself. But on the other mm-hmm. hand, it's like, you also have to have that grace for yourself that you didn't know better. And it's like this gradual, like you learn more and more. And honestly, during my two wild pregnancies, I listened only to the Free Birth Society podcast and I would find Mm -hmm. different topics that fascinated me or things that I was concerned about. And I would listen to it and listen to other women's stories. And so by the time um, I came to my birth, like I felt very prepared for that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's so important for women to share stories and maybe had you heard someone else share, Oh yeah, my daughter didn't move during labor. Mm-hmm. You know, there could have been, mm-hmm. um, you know, it may, it may have been different. And not to say that is like a, not to make you feel bad, but more of like, yeah. Like I, if I had been like aware, like other right. people have gone through that. It could yes. be normal that, you know, some babies may not actually move or I wasn't connected enough to her to realize maybe she was, and I was just too preoccupied yeah. with the pain of the contractions that I just didn't notice. Yeah. So yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. Uh, the more you you learn and you become informed, like you do better next time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But I'm okay. I'm yeah. I'm at peace with it. Mm-hmm. Like I, like you said, like I didn't know any better. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that too. Like I, it's, yeah. I have so much compassion for other moms that want to have a free birth, but it didn't go the way they planned. Like I have so much mm-hmm. compassion for that. It's like, 
like you didn't know you know like yeah. literally you didn't know and it's okay yep. you know and yeah. you know there's there's things to unpack and there's things that you definitely have to process but it's like at the end of the day it's like this is a learning experience and you know mm -hmm. what you want for next time and what you can do better and that's that's all you yeah. can do you know exactly so, yeah <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> oh, um all right do you have any resources you want to share oh gosh anybody? oh gosh. <laughs> I, I am trying to get my own resources in in like get my own resources out but for the time being like i recommend everyone to the freebird society like i feel like they have everything like they they have such a i'm not part of the community um but i listen to the podcast i follow everyone on mm -hmm. social and i just mm -hmm. kind of learn by proxy like they have just such a refreshing take on pregnancy birth and motherhood and like if you're considering for birth i would say just go over there and um mm -hmm. if you don't want to join the membership um i would say find other free birth moms on instagram or wherever on your socials mm -hmm. and just reach out to them and ask them questions like, um, yeah. if people came, if people come to me and want to talk to me about my free birth and like what they can do to prepare, like I am down girlfriend, like when can we meet up? Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, just finding people that are like-minded, um, finding podcasts that align with what you want, reading books that align with that, like, um, just focusing on all the positives and, and not giving any kind of credence to like, well, what if it's like, okay, that's a conversation yeah. for another time, but. For the majority, let's focus on what you want and what's good and right and true and, you know, not not leave room for doubt in our minds, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. So. Nice. Awesome. Uh, what are ways listeners can connect with you? Instagram. I am on Instagram. Uh, my handle is uh, Peace Love Birth, and there's like a little dash between it. Um, I am all about free birth. I'm trying to get more... Um, more free birth stories. I'm actually writing a book right now about free birth and I want nice. to include a chapter that just features different women's free birth stories so that other nice. women can really experience that power of storytelling and how that can oh, translate to their birth. So yeah. look me up. I'm on Instagram. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Thank you for coming on and sharing your stories. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This has been, this has been delightful. Yeah, it was so much fun. <laughs> I love doing this. That's awesome. It's just awesome to hear everybody's stories. Like they're all so different. Mm -hmm. And I'm I have that hope that like somebody somewhere can like connect with it, like if they're in the same boat. Yeah. So like it's just awesome to put it out there. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I love that you're doing this too. It's 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 amazing to be part of that community and just sharing my story because like like you said, mm -hmm. like I hope this lands where it needs to with just the right person yeah. at just the right time. Mm -hmm. So definitely. Yeah, of course. All right. <laughs> Bye. Bye.